0: When I was thinking about maybe starting a podcast, Max Vonce was one of the first people I had on my list of people to talk to. He was my first ski instructor and he took me for, for my very first ski lesson. While I was falling all over the beginner slopes, frustrated and swearing, hands on my knees and trying to snowplow, Max was skiing backwards the entire time and cracking jokes with me. The next lesson I had with Max during the same season, I progressed a lot, but I still didn't know what to do with my ski poles. During my first lesson, Max threw them away and said I didn't need them yet. So after I got better and I could ski all the blues and reds around the resort, some of my friends who are also ski instructors told me it was time to start using the poles, that it would help me turn better and initiate the turns better. So I booked another lesson with Max and asked him how do I use the poles? Because honestly, I didn't know and I was frustrated whenever I used them. I was also keen to show Max my progress. So we went to a nice red run and he showed me how to pole plant and how the pole plants initiate the turns. I thought it was skiing fast, but the entire lesson Max was skiing backwards faster than I was skiing forwards. And the entire time he was still cracking jokes and trying to make me relax. I knew from a few friends that Max was a pro skier and competed on the Freestyle World Tour. So I wanted to learn more about this and also the local freestyle ski show that he and his friends used to put onto the resort. I've had a feeling for a while now during a few conversations with Max, that over the years, he's lost some of his passion and enjoyment for skiing. And this interested me considering his job was a ski instructor during the winter time. I've also been pretty impressed by Max's entrepreneurial spirit to start a new business, something that wasn't ski related. His competitive spirit and self-determination has helped him to grow and expand this business. Hello friends, I'm your host Ashley Pettit and welcome to another episode of the Beyond the Mountains podcast, a show where I talk to people who live, work and play in the mountains. Let's start the intro music, get on with the show, on Z!
1: Hello, my name is Max. I was a pro skier. I'm now a ski instructor, snowboard instructor. I'm also an entrepreneur. I'm a really nice father. And this is my mountain life.
0: All right, Max, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for coming on Beyond the Mountains podcast. Ben Cash. So uh, this year's been a bit different. We haven't had uh, much skiing, but... Uh, because of this whole COVID situation, but you've been doing a lot of uh, ski touring this winter.
1: Yeah, that was a revelation for me. In fact, that was a really good winter for me, even if the ski resort was closed, because I did a lot of uh, mountain touring
0: skiing. That was something different for me, and I really liked it. Yeah, because normally I've seen you in this in the ski season, you work every single day, and you don't really get a time just to ski for pleasure anymore. it,
1: it It was why it was one of my best winter ever, because I've got time for many things. I've got time this winter for my family. I've got times for skiing for myself, which was something I didn't do since a long time. Yeah. And uh, the only things I need more now, it's snowboarding a (laughs) bit. (laughs)
0: Because snowboarding is life.
1: Yeah. uh, I was a pro skier, but uh, after that, I've learned snowboarding. I mean, the serious snowboarding. Yeah, I know. And I really fell in love with this sport. Yeah. And now, if I've got the choice between choosing my ski or snowboard, I always take my snowboard.
0: Wow, okay. Yeah, you you, you haven't converted me yet. But uh, I want to take on a journey from you as growing up here, because you're a local here in Valsinier. You're a local of the Maurienne. So take me through life growing up here, becoming a ski instructor, going on the, the, world, the freestyle world tour, and then... Becoming an entrepreneur. So take me through this journey of uh, your life here in, in the Morien. Okay. Um, when I was a kid here,
1: yeah, that was fantastic. That was fantastic because that was quiet. The ski resort was not expand like now. It was a, a small ski resort. But even if it's still not a big, but... Uh, yeah, we're still not growing. That's We're still a great resort, but we're not a huge ski resort like the other valleys, are we? Yeah, but... That, that was again different because there is the chairlift was two places chairlift and now it's six places chairlift. That was different. In my class, uh in the primary school, we were free. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Our, I was the best of my class. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you love? <laughs> anyway. And um our teacher was just falling in love with ski and he wanted to ski a lot. He was Italian. And uh we we've been skiing a lot when I was in primary yeah. school. Then I grew up. I've been in. But everyone grows up skiing here. Yeah they have no choice. No, there is not other sport. Uh, that's the things. Now I've got two daughters. And the big one want to do gymnastics. The first gymnastics club is like one hour from here. Yeah. I can't bring uh, a driver to the to the gymnastic course. So uh, the sport, the sport is is skiing. skiing. We don't have any choice.
0: And you don't have a choice. You can't do biathlon, and uh, you just uh, yeah ski. No snowboarding? You can't even do a ski uh, snowboarding class?
1: Now no, maybe it's a bit different. You can choose... Uh, when I say ski, it's winter sports. Okay, winter uh, sports, yeah. So you have you can do snowboard, of course, with the ski school. But uh, there I don't think that the ski club have a snowboard section now.
0: Okay. So growing up, you, your number one sport is uh, skiing. When you were growing up, did you have any ambitions to become a ski instructor? Or... No, I,
1: I, I won't. I want to be a footballer.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause
0: your favorite who's your favorite team? It's is it Nantes? F-C Nantes, it's F-C in the West Coast.
1: Yeah. Because I grew up here, but my mum is from Paris and my dad is from Nantes, yeah. which is in west coast of France. And um I always support this team because of my uncles, grandparents.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know. We watch the football together at Rafis and Howard's. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not a good team. <laughs> anyway. But growing up, okay, you are skiing, and uh, when does the? It seems everyone here is a ski instructor. Is that correct? Most people who live here have a have have a ski instructors for their winter
1: jobs. Most of, because if like we grow up here, we've been at the ski club since we've got six something like that. So it's quite easy to become a ski instructor because that's our sport. Yeah. So when we pass the exam, the guy who are from Paris or Lyon, and he want to do the ski instructor diploma. He's got difficulties to do it, but like we, we, we did ski, we race since we are kids. It's quite easy to get it.
0: Yeah. Um, what's your summer sport? I never asked you. you I know you like cycling, but so is that, uh, what do you do in the summer? I like fishing.
1: Yeah. I'm also a mountain board instructor.
0: So I give, uh,
1: a uh, mountain board is like a snowboard with four wheels,
0: like a skateboard with yeah, for the
1: mountains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we can take the cabin lift, going down the field with that. Yeah, I did that since now maybe twelve years, I think.
0: Oh yeah, I've seen the videos. It's it's uh, yeah, it's like a four, it's like a four by four skateboard, kind of. Yeah, and can you
1: do tricks on it? A bit, but uh, if you fall, it's not snow. The injuries <laughs> it's are. It's a lot harder. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So how did you become a ski instructor? So that's obviously a a normal progression for most locals here. How long were you a ski instructor? Are you still a ski instructor? How many years now? Uh,
1: I gave my first lesson when I was 16. Now I'm 37. I was lucky because I was in a special school where to get my hair level, I did that in four years. Normally in France, it's three years. But the deal was... We do it in four years, but we don't go to school during winter time. Yeah, and we were coaching by special special coach, coach, to become a ski instructor or to target high level.
0: To target high level skiing, so you were yeah. like a national program
1: for top level. Yeah, skiers. but that was for racing skiers. Yeah. So I was starting this program in race, and when I was sixteen, I get the the big part of my diploma, which is the the race part. So I get it. So. The day, when I was 16, I just take my giant skis, put it in the in the storage, yeah. and I don't get it out after. I just change, and I take my freestyle part, freestyle skis, and I try to start freestyle yeah. as an amateur. And uh, I was 16. The second year, I was 17. I was just performing myself. And when I was 18, I've become a
0: uh, university French champion. Yeah. And... Uh, What's what's the different? What's the feeling like? Is it a different feeling from free freestyle and racing? Tell me, tell me about this. Yeah, that's the mentality. Yeah, like when you do ski racing,
1: it's very individual sports, and you fight versus the time, which is something uh, I don't know how to feel to to, to describe it. But um, the ambiance in the group is not. Is not
0: it's very individual I, yeah, n- I it's don't know it's very competitive it's like one-on-one and you have to beat your other competitor yeah. yeah yeah and so freestyle it's it's more freedom more artistic it's more freedom more artistic and also there is uh, more camaraderie yeah
1: everyone help everyone like oh you should take your grab earlier I saw you that was huge bro and they're always uh think, pushing you to do the best better and better yeah and the racing, that's the contrary. They always push you to stay down.
0: Yeah. And did how did they push you up? So did you improve as a skier and uh, as a competitor in the freestyle because you've just got all your friends? Are they cheer, they're cheering you on, teaching you new tricks? Yeah.
1: Um, so when I did freestyle, at the beginning, there is no coach in my discipline because that was not an Olympic sport. So we have to learn by ourselves. Yeah and um, so basically I've learned a lot of tricks by myself here in Valsani but when I was on the competition or when I was practicing ski in other ski resorts the local guys we always have a good um, friend, friend friendship friendly yeah. yep. and uh, it's helped a lot like everyone going and
0: so here Max and I lose our concentration for a moment so I have to pause and just to find my place again We pick up the conversation just as Max is jumping over a massive road gap at the Col de Galibier freestyle competition. And then we go on to talk about his freestyle career. Is this the one you did over the Galibier gap? Yeah. Yeah, 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 I did that. So explain to me. So uh, Galibier is a big ski resort, a big mountain here in the Maurienne, and you, you jumped the road gap. Is that what you did?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was a competition. That was a French competition to celebrate the end of the season. It was a long time ago. I didn't know which year was it. I was thinking about something like 2003, 2004, yeah. something like that. And there was a, there were a huge jump that was 20 meters high and maybe 30 meters long. Wow. Okay. Over the road. The road was open. It's mean but the car <laughs> was passing there. And the competition was to jump over the, the, the road and get the best tricks. Yeah. And uh, I won it in in.
0: 2006 maybe I don't remember the date yeah. So 2006 uh, you're on you're on the start of the Freestyle world tour. Uh, where some of the countries you've been to so you've been to competing is Norway, Sweden, New Zealand, Australia. yeah that, that's not the warm country <laughs>
1: <laughs> but um, yeah yeah I've been I've been in the cold country a bit everywhere in Europe. And uh, I was practicing a lot in New Zealand. Yeah, because there were ski resorts called Snow Park NZ in New Zealand. Now it's a dead ski resort, but before that was like can I say La mecca?
0: Yeah, you can say the mecca. It's a yeah. ski, the free, freestyle mecca. Yeah,
1: and uh, th- that was a crazy ski resort. There were only one chairlift, but maybe two or three superpipe. There is. Uh, a line of raids for one one or two kilometers that was huge wow and okay also all the best skiers around the world the American the Japanese the guys from the Kiwis or the Hossies were there so to compare your level to, to the other and to push yourself to be a
0: better skier that was the place to be so, so you're, you're watching and observing or just watching and trying to re- repeat and practice the the new tricks what do you how, how do you because it's self-taught. So how do you learn new tricks? Is it just by trial and error?
1: Okay. I've got it. I had a technique when I was younger that was to put the camera fix on. Then I did my my jump. Yeah. Go back to the camera. Watch what is. And then correct myself. By myself. I didn't have a coach for every time I was uh, on ski, I didn't have a coach. My coach was my friend. Yeah. When we were with friends... We were like, oh, maybe you should put your hands here, or maybe you should watch your landing, your landing before. That's like the little tips who can help you. On or also sometimes, I, I remember something in the Le Alpes Glacier. I was practicing during summertime, and one guy from Rossignol did a, a grab I haven't seen before called it's called a reverse a mute grab, and he, he was in the right tempo to execute it. So that just watch it. I was. Uh, after that I was back to the hotel and during the night I was just thinking about these these things this thing and the day after it was in my mind yeah and I did it the first try I get it
0: so you're doing a lot of visualization a lot of yeah. uh, visualizing this jump and repeating it in your mind and then just go and execute it yeah in these sports it's
1: it's primordial yeah um I, I did something a lot of time I was closing my eyes just before starting maybe five seconds, 10 seconds. Just close my he- my eyes and I did my run in my head. Where When I have to take my grab, when I have to go on the rail, yeah. uh, where I w- look, where I watch when I do a 270 here and something like that. I was doing that in my head. And when I land in my head, I go. If I don't land it in my head,
0: I don't go. Yeah, That was my technique. Okay. So when I was listening back to this interview and thinking about how to edit it, I wasn't sure how to cut and edit the rest of this interview. Max was getting a little distracted. I was losing my place and we just lost the flow. But Max was raising some really interesting points and I felt that I couldn't get this message across. I decided to do the interview again. So here's take two with Max bonds I hope you keep listening. And Max, I've not edited this version. Thanks for sharing your story with me. And I hope I have more lessons with you in the future. Thanks, mate. Okay, Max. So we had a bit of a conversation yesterday and we talked about a few different things like visualizations and feeling the conditions of the snow. And I want to say that I too use visualization and I have a good imagination. I visualized this podcast with you a few different times, actually. All right. Okay. And it didn't turn out this way. (laughs) I had a better better imagination of how this episode went. So um, I want to talk to you because I think this podcast, you have some really nice stories to tell about the Morien. And I wanna go back to growing up here in the Alps, being a ski instructor, um, really being a pioneer of the sport in this region and taking your passion for freestyle skiing to the next level of being uh, on the pro tour, getting injured, uh, choosing to stop to uh, compete and be using your entrepreneurial spirit to um, start your escape games developing this interactive business and then uh, expanding your business. So I want to go back a bit um, because you raised some really good points. And the other day, you got a little bit distracted. You're trying to find your words. Rafi was here and you're like, stop, pause, pause, pause. So today I'm your instructor. Okay. Okay. Let's go Ash. Because uh, I still remember the first day you took me for a lesson. You made me do all these silly things. You told me to relax. You even put clamps on my skis. So... I just remember but you don't know what to do with your poles. No, you I you was know asking what to
1: do. me, Max, Max, what do I do with my poles? Where do I put it? I just say, Ash, let your
0: poles out. We don't we we ski without poles. Yeah, my first lesson, you threw the poles away. So today I'm gonna to throw away all the rules. There's no pausing, no stopping. We're just gonna go for it. If you need to think for a word, just think over the word and then go again. All right. And in fact, I want you to close your eyes a minute. I want you to do some visualization with me. Okay. I want you to visualize that you're speaking clearly. We're not distracted. You're going to see what you want. We're going to have some fun. All right. Okay. Let's do it. So I want to take uh, you to take me back to growing up here in Valseni. So take me back to when you're uh, in school here, because you told me there was only three kids in your le- in your class.
1: Yeah. So yeah, yeah. We, I grew up here with uh, three guys in my class. We were three men, no, no girl. And uh, I told you, Hush, I was the best of my class. I believe it. You was laughing, <laughs> but you have to be the best of three. It's it's, it's not nothing. No. Anyway, I had a, it was wonderful. Just uh, going to school uh, by foot, walking to school, go back to school. My teacher was Italian, and he was um, fond of skiing. So we skied a lot during the winter time, and that was a really great period for me. Yeah. Uh, like the insouciance period, you know. The what spirit? Insouciance. Insouciance. I don't know how to say <laughs> okay. that. Okay. I
0: don't know. We'll, uh, we can, we can, with no work. problem, no problem, no problem, all right, the freedom of skiing just when you're a kid, no problems, um, the winter sport here is, you only have, when you're in, uh, school in the wintertime, you go to ski school, you go to school, skiing during the, fuck. all right, we're going to cut that out. Yo, so you can get, and I cannot get? Exactly, uh, because I've lost my train of thought, but, um, when you're growing up, was it always your ambition to be a ski instructor? No, no. What was your ambition? <laughs> uh, then don't tell me football. Why? <laughs> was unless it's true? Yeah, yeah. And what was the team?
1: No, no, no. Uh, uh, you mean the team I support? Yeah, or? I support FC Nantes, which is a team of, from West Coast of France. But uh, that was not the question. My dream was to play football. But the, the the next football club is in Modane. It's like thirty kilometers from here. And my dad said, just no. I'm not going to drive for the two training per week, yeah. plus the match the weekend. It's impossible. So I didn't play football. I, I start football when I had scooter. Yeah, you know, um, a yeah, motor scooter. Motor scooter when I was uh, maybe 16, something like that, yeah. or 15. And you're
0: a good football player? I was. What, what was your position? I was um scorer. Oh, you're attacking scorer. Yeah. All right. Um, tell me about... Tell me about um, How did you become a ski instructor here? Because everyone seems to be a ski instructor that I know that lives here.
1: Yeah, we are lucky. We we grew up here, so the principal sport here is skiing. We don't have anything to do. We've got a judo club, but uh, that's the two sports we can do here. Yeah. So um, I skied since I'm a kid and uh, also snowboard. And and that was naturally. Just when I was uh, 15 or 16, I was in a special school to do the ski instructor diploma. That that was like that. We, I, I was not so bad in ski. I was not the best in alpine skiing, but I yeah. was not so bad. The direction was to become a ski instructor like the others. So finally, we don't really decide our job.
0: Yeah. it's we, just You just sort of led in this direction to be a ski instructor here. That's it. When you were doing this, was the... The freestyle skiing that you, you you developed, was that something you did as a, on the side with your friends? Where, where did that um, desire just to, to play on the skis, where did that come from?
1: That was when I was 16, during the same winter, I did the exam of the ski instructor. I was one of the youngest instructors in France because I gave my first ski lesson when I was 16. Yeah. And during this winter, I passed all my alpine skiing exams. So when I finished, I just put my racing skis in the garage bin and take the freestyle skis because I like to jump. Since I'm a kid, I, I was always the guy who was at the back of the queue from the ski instructor. Yeah. And the other followed the in ski, ski instructor, and I was on the side taking jumps everywhere. And then the ski instructor was looking back. I was just going back to the queue. So you
0: are the naughty one do, doing little jumps on the side. Yeah,
1: that, that yeah. was my
0: way of skiing.
1: Yeah. And so when I was 16, I put... My my racing skis out and take my freestyle skis, and I just start alone with friends, like jumping everywhere. At the beginning, that was absolutely not professional, only for fun. And uh and yeah, year after year I improve a lot, yeah. and then
0: I was not so bad. Not so bad, not so bad that uh, you decided to develop the Psycho Cats.
1: Yeah, that was when I was 18, that was a local association to um to develop the freestyle skiing here in Haute Maurienne Vanoise. So we were doing demonstration like front flip, back flip, spinning uh, everywhere from Banval to Valsoni, also Bramont, we've been there, Termignon. Yeah. And um yeah, that was a great period. We I, I created this association with two friends. The first year we were free inside and the second year we were 40 cause our association um give the people together from Bonval to Bramont. That was not only Ski Club. Yeah. Or we, we were thinking about haute territory before the haute
0: uh, Tourism Office yeah. exists. That seems to be... I, I get the impression that you were, you were really pushing the sport back then and pushing against the ski resorts to have this freestyle skiing here. And you had the big airbags, the music. I, I get the impression you were quite the pioneer of this uh, this sport here.
1: Yeah, that, that's what you see now because we are 20 years after the beginning of the Psychocat. Yeah. But um, in fact, that was a long way, a long fight to have something here. I remember the first year to organize a competition called the Test, Uh in the bottom of the ski resort. That was so difficult to, to have just a snow machine to to do the jump, then uh, all the authorization from the, the city, from everywhere. That was a long way to organize, and that was a lot of fight for everything to yeah. have a snow park, then to have few rails, then to organize uh, parties because we need we, we organize a lot of parties. People come, pay the enter for the parties, we keep the money, and all this money we you use it back. for the yeah for the psychocat for developing the freestyle yeah, and uh, that that was a lot of fight for everything because here in Otmarien, we are a bit late about all this. Uh, kind of side skiing, side yeah. snowboarding, and even if now it's quite better, but it was a long fight to do it. And I also remember when we finished the Psychocat, I asked the local ski club to have a freestyle section inside the club des sports, the ski club. Yeah, and uh, that was that, that was a long, long uh, fight to get in. Yeah, and then also now because we 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 built the freestyle section that was free for freestyling to perform because we had the really good guys inside this yeah. freestyle section. But um now it's not the freestyle section. They call that the free section. Okay. So it's like just for the the guys who don't want doing
0: race again. So we lose what we did. Okay, you lose a bit of the the progression um cuz I get the impression also that back in that day you were doing videos and making uh music videos and ski videos of all those events and putting together a, a real good show for the
1: people. Yeah, I think that we were in advance for that yeah. because that was like the beginning of internet and we were doing yeah videos, yeah. especially for the, the competition and stuff. And um, each time uh, we put that on the on internet, okay, there is no community manager or whatever.
0: but It's just natural growth, natu- just putting yeah, it out there yeah. for the sake of
1: creating something. Because we, we were also thinking that to do that, uh, people see that in Ortmoren we do something different, yeah. and that the customers could come in Valseni because of that, what we bring to the to the ski resort and yeah. to the area.
0: Um, just progressing on the on the thought of pioneer, of being a pioneer in the sport. Tell me how you learned and taught yourself new tricks because you told me about placing a camera here. This is a time before GoPros, before mobile phones. Uh, t- tell me about this.
1: So, you know you know the first cameras with the, the, the big one?
0: Yeah, the old handycams. Yeah, we put that on the foot, tripier. Yeah, you I put it on the tripod.
1: Yeah. And uh, I put that in snow. I built my jump, then record, do my jump. Then I was just walking to go up, stop at the camera, watch my jump. And then correct it, yeah, and I did that for a long, long time, and that was my way of uh, of improving, and that was also my way to get the the jump I want to do, yeah, so um, yeah,
0: what but was, your was si- what was your signature jump
1: uh, i I had a lot, but um one of my signature was what we call a reverse tail grab. It's like when you are in the air, you cross your skis and you catch. Your tail of your skis, of your left skis, and you tweak it. Tweaking mean uh, you pull it. Yeah, pull it and uh, have more style in the air. Yeah, you know. And yeah, that when in the two thousand years,
0: century, century, I don't know how to yeah. say
1: that. <laughs> that was like the picture that you can see in every magazine. That was this grab.
0: You did that over the the Gilibier Gap, didn't you?
1: Yeah, that was so two thousand four five. Yeah. And uh, that was an impressive competition over the road. And the road was open. That was every spring for maybe three years or four years consecutively. And uh, the jump was amazing. That was 20 meters high for more than 25 meters long. The the speed was crazy because we were starting. It was bumpy. It was icy. Then there is a left turn. So you turn left and directly you've got the jump. So you don't have the time (laughs) to prepare... Anything, you you just have to get put your balls on the table and go <laughs> and, and do it. it.
0: But there were still cars going under the road too, wasn't there? There were still cars traveling across the the road. You're jumping over the cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And I remember something funny. Uh, there is guys with a, a microphone, microphone like a commentator for yeah. this competition, and the guy say, "Hey, there is a um, a car coming with no rooftop. You know, with yeah. no roof." And everyone take a snowball and threw the snowball <laughs> in the car. That was the first things, but after that, maybe one or two hours after that, he said, "Hey guys, police coming!" <laughs> and the police was crossing under jump, like everyone takes snowball and threw to the <laughs> to the car. That was funny time. That that was what I was um, liking in these sports, the like sport, the fun. Yeah,
0: the sport back then was that real. Um uh baggy clothes long hair party you'd, you'd ski ski hard do lots of tricks practice but you really had a fun, a fun culture different from the racing culture
1: yeah that's completely different in racing it's very individual and not helpful for the other yeah. you don't help each other you want to destroy the other because you want to be the first yeah in freestyle that was not the same there is a spirit there is a like we drink a lot of beers we we smoke pot yeah That that, that was another time and uh, but what was good is like everyone say, hey guys, I like your 360, I like your 720. But if you take maybe this grab here or here, it's gonna be better. And everyone
0: watch the others and try to to get the best of the other. And you really push everyone. You talk with everyone. You and you push everyone up to get better at their sport. Yep. Um, how has the sport changed? Because I, you know. You growing up, you're doing video recorders and uh, now we have GoPros and mobile phones. Um, the sport now that's become an Olympic sport, it's
1: really changed. I think the it's it's really hard what I'm going to say, but I think that the Olympics kill the sports, kill my sports. Um, okay, that now the guys are more professional, the jumps are more impressive, but I've got an example from a little kid from here in he, he His dad called me, last week, and say, hey, Max, can you please coach my son because he want to go in um, ski étude, so it means ski school, you know, and he don't have the level to go there, can you coach him? Because he don't want to do it by himself. I say, what? When I was young, I just built my jump, just walk up and jump. Why he can't do that? His dad told me because he have to go in big ski resort to have a big snow park and to practice. But I think that if you want you can, yeah. Even if you don't have the structure, you just build the structure for yourself.
0: Yeah, I think you know, you've been pretty self-determined to get ahead and progress in in your career, and I think that's great advice for anyone. Is just if you want to do it, you got to do it. True. That was also
1: more easy in my uh, years. Yeah. Because uh, the level was lower than now. Uh, now the level is crazy. The guys do triple flips and sixteen hundred spin. Like yeah. my maximum. Sp- uh, spinning was 1080.
0: 1080. So it
1: mean three turns in the air. Yeah. Now they do five, six.
0: It's yeah. crazy. And then they've got um, longer rails and bigger jumps. Everything's just bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah.
1: They push the limits. Yeah. The sports push the limits, but the Olympics
0: kill the limits. They you, c- what, kill, the, uh, kill the passion, kill the enthusiasm, kill the just. It's more professional. Yeah. When
1: the sports begin professional, you kill the fan. It's, that was the same case in, for the skateboard. The skateboard going to be Olympics next Olympic, and there is few guys. The, the best skateboarders say, "Okay, I'm not going to do that." Yeah, they don't want to do it because they don't want maybe
0: to kill the passion. Er, their passion. Is but it's a
1: long. It's a long. We can speak for a long. Yeah, yeah, no.
0: We, well, I, I like this, and but I think that leads on to, for you, I get this impression. But skiing was fun and then skiing became a job. Can you tell me about this?
1: Yeah, uh, so um, I was one of the youngest instructors, I told you, when I was 16, but at the beginning that was easy because I don't teach a lot, and I ski a lot, yeah, for the, myself, yeah, exactly. with my friends, I was competition every weekend, uh, I was everywhere in France or in Europe, and um, that was just like, I, I'm going, I'm, I, I did ski instructor just to get a little bit of money, just to do what I want. Yeah. Then when you grow up, uh, you have to work yeah. because uh, you've got an house, you've got everything. Yeah, you've got a and, family. Yeah. And you have to, to work to 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 earn money and to pay the bank, to pay everything. And now, for sure, uh, to become a ski instructor today, it's not the same for me. Like um, when I go, I, I, my, I do my job very well. I'm no, pretty I, sure I, about that. You are a great ski instructor. But, but I mean, I don't have the same passion that when I go for myself. Yeah. And two or three years ago, I was realized that now I'm not skiing for myself, and I was really sad sad to to realize that. So I decided to change something. So the first things I changed is to take my day off every Saturday of the winter, so I can go with my daughter and also with my friend, with my wife,
0: uh, when the condition is good. But that's that. that's been a revelation for you this season because this season with COVID and, and the change of the ski resorts being closed, I see it in you and you've told me that you've done more skiing and more touring this year with friends and it, it's sort of um, the fun and it's come back, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, I don't have to say that because everyone is sad now because it's the COVID and whatever, but yeah. for my part, I've maybe passed the best winter in my life. It's been... I was not working, okay, I was not earning money. Doesn't matter. Yeah. But every weeks I was free time weeks in ski touring. Yeah. I was at the top of mountains. I was not imagining myself to go there. Where have you been this season? Uh, I I I'm from I'm back from the Albaron which is 3600 meters high. I was there yesterday. Yeah. With my neighbor Civilian Berti. Yeah. And I have been few mountains.
0: But you've been ever I've seen you you've been up to uh refuge up here with, with uh with your wife Yeah, you've been skiing everywhere have you got one big um, ski touring you're going to do this season before it finishes
1: I want to go to the Dom Parachet
0: yeah. which is the magic mountain that we can see from here that's the big one we always see here Dom Parachet. That that's the beautifulest mountain in the world I think yeah I think you could be right <laughs> <laughs> but so you you where do you start when you go to the to climb the Dom Perchet? you got to we Ossoir? start from
1: Oswald, yeah yeah yeah, we start from the barrage, you know, where there's yeah, the yeah, two from lakes. Yeah,
0: the dams, the two lakes. Yeah, you start there and then straight up. How many hours of climbing is it? I don't know. You don't know. I, d- I did. You've done it before, though.
1: Yeah, I I did it, but that was in summertime, and it's different because you are faster during wintertime. Uh, ski touring is faster than walking.
0: Yeah. How? Well, give me an estimate. How long do you think it's going to take?
1: I I to to be honest, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just th- going to
0: do it for the pleasure. I
1: think maybe. If, Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not uh, taking my time when I go up. It's for myself. But I think it's maybe three or four hours climbing up. Yeah. And then one
0: hour going down. It's a nice compromise, isn't it? Yesterday,
1: to go to the Albaron, we did totally seven hours. Wow. Up and down.
0: And we've had some magic. We were lost in the mountain. We we didn't find a good way. (laughs) Anyway. But uh, so after sort of being on the pro tour, you, um, and I think it's pretty common, but you had a couple of knee injuries. Was that a forced decision to then decide, okay, this knee injury, I'm going to develop and, and go into business and become an entrepreneur? Was that a natural thing for you? Um, or was it because you had family, just a the lot the, the loss of loving the sport a bit?
1: You know, in my life, I've never have a boss. Uh, I always work for myself. And I think since I'm a kid, I want to work for myself. Yeah. I don't want to work for someone. You've um, never had
0: an office job, have you? Sorry? You've
1: never had an office job? No. No. No, never. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. No, no. I'm ski instructor during wintertime. During summertime, I'm also mon- um uh, mountain board instructor. Yeah. Mountain board, it's like a snowboard, but with four wheels. And you go down the mountains. Um, I've got few jobs jobs like that but uh, but I've never worked for someone. But what, what was the question, sorry?
0: No, it's it, well, I, I, I admire that, and, and I love the fact that I don't have a boss anymore. I don't want to go back to being in an office and uh, work having a desk job again, but um, your entrepreneurial spirit and to set up a business, where did this come from? Because I know you're pretty self-determined and motivated, so you obviously need that to start your own business.
1: Yeah, but you told that, um, when I finished my uh, freestyle ski career, that was a short career, but when I finished it, uh, I, I broke my knees. And the surgeon told me that I can't continue to ski anymore, even to do a ski instructor. Yeah. I can do, it, do that all my life. So I have to change. So I was thinking about what to do. I, that's not my first business, the escape game. I've yeah. got other business yeah, yeah, before. Yeah. And I was just thinking, what 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 can I do? And I was interesting about this the escape game since a few years. I did one in Chauverie, uh maybe seven years ago, And I was that in one in my head to know one day, maybe I'm going to do that, yeah, and one day I did that.
0: you did it. yeah well, I think it's pretty impressive um to that that you had that vision to then just make it happen. And I think you've done that throughout your career, starting off here in Velsny, becoming a pro skier. And then having the vision to start this escape games, the escape games—it's um, not just a, a room where you go and solve problems. There's a real history, and there's myths and legends and stories behind the creation of this these escape games, isn't there?
1: Yeah. The the things is like every rooms we do, we are based on true stories who happen here in in the mountains. Yeah. So, um, the first rooms I built, that was on the um, history of Napoleon Bonaparte, which uh, was passing here in the 80s. Yeah, no, the 1800s. eighteen
0: hundred century.
1: <laughs> so, uh, we decided to, um, to build his room. Yeah, The room where the emperor is going to, to sleep. And the rooms are like a movie set. Yeah. yeah. It's like if you watch a movie and you put break,
0: pause, yeah. and you go into the movie. You go back in history. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So what is good is like the people who come on play in my escape game, they have fun because that's really nice to do an escape game and to resolve enigma and manipulations. But they also get out the room with a little part of history from here. Yeah. Which is good. So the first room was on Napoleon Bonaparte, but we've got another one about an avalanche who get down and destroyed one part of our village. Yeah so you enter in a in a real avalanche that we we rebuilt and that that's fantastic and the last uh, room is about uh, a fortress which is at the top of the mountain of Latura and you have you you're a prisoner so yeah. the the game starts you are in jail
0: you have to escape
1: you have to escape how and long do you have to escape you've got 1 hour yeah. if not a guys come and you're executing
0: yeah but um one of you've expanded to a different a few different resorts around the alps here Tell me about the first time you went to Alpe d'Huez and you presented your idea to the resort there and, and where did you go? Uh,
1: so I didn't present my idea. It's Alpe d'Huez who contact me yeah. and say, hey, we know what you do. Please, can you do the same in Alpe d'Huez? So that, that's the beginning of the popularity for me yeah, because that, the, I've got now eight escape games in eight different ski resorts in the Alps. But the, um, the, the first one was in Valsany, but now it's the contrary. that the ski resort who called me to do something in their ski resort. So that was good. And when I was in La d'Huez, the first things I've done is to go to the museum to know the history, yeah. the local history. And then I bought the room on the local history, local history. of L'Alpe Yeah,
0: I think, well, I think that's a great business model uh, for local tourists to come. They can learn about the local history as well as having some great fun with their family and friends. So yeah, congratulations on that. I love Cheers. it, Max. Cheers. Um, What's the what's the future for Escape Games? Because you've got a new product you're trying to develop and sell uh, to other places around France. Tell me about this. Yeah, we've got a new concept called the
1: Escape Apero. So for the people in Australia or in England who yeah. listen to this podcast, Apéro, it's a French tradition. It's the apéritif when you have a drink before eating.
0: What time is this apéro, aperitivo? It, it depends of the people. Ash. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: can start the aperitif at ten in the morning or at six in the evening. You choose. Anyway, uh, this um, the, the this game is quite crazy. You've got a cooler, but the cooler is locked, and yeah. you have to unlock the cooler. But inside the cooler, everything is locked. Like you mean, the the white wine's got a a locker horn yeah and there is uh, some many boxes there is you have to open each thing yeah. and in one box you've got the the, the cheese in another one the the, chi- the chips or oh, well. yeah
0: uh, all right well that's I I I encourage people to when they come here to maybe order an escape game apparel uh, especially during this confinement time <laughs> it's yeah. it's very that's the good period <laughs> it's to... a good period to expand yeah um I want to bring this back to some local knowledge now um, because this podcast is really about me talking to my friends and trying to tell people how great the Morien is and the the ski resort here. But um, let's bring it back to some local knowledge. Um, Where's your favorite place to ski here?
1: It's uh, in Valsenie, the place called Plan Cardinal, which is the completely left chairlift of the ski resort. And you've got a really nice free ride area from the top to the bottom.
0: Yeah. It's one of the oldest chairlifts here, isn't it?
1: Yeah, that yeah. was in fact this chairlifts get another name before. It was Perdre Blanche, but they put this chairlift in another part of the ski resort. Yeah, and uh, the, the run is fantastic because the, all the start of the run is uh, virgin. There is no trees, nothing. So you are only in powders, and then you enter in this magic forest. With the, the forest is quite spacious, so you've got yeah. space to pass yeah. until the bottom, and you've got also always um, a path. We'll come oh, yeah, and bring you up. back yeah. to the
0: ski resort. Yeah. One day I'm going to get there, Max. Yeah. You have to improve a little bit again, Ash. <laughs> yes. No, go on the record. Go on the record. I'm a good skier, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> You're excellent, Ash. Yeah. Uh, summer or winter? More and more summer. Why? I'm too cold. Yeah. What's your favorite cheese?
1: Tom des Bauges, which is a cheese from uh, near Chambéry, from the Massif des Bauges.
0: All right. What's a good day look like for you?
1: Wake up full of snow, not working. Yeah. Taking the lifts, my big fat skis, or maybe my snowboard because now I prefer snowboarding. And uh, just go down, go to Plan Cardinal, up yeah. and down.
0: What's a bad day for you?
1: Oh, waking up, a lot of mail in my mailbox. <laughs> <laughs> like us all. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, what's the greatest thing you've achieved so far in life? The greatest achievement, the greatest thing you've done.
1: Uh, of, of for sure, uh, my daughter.
0: Yeah, I've got two
1: daughters now. One is eight. His name is Emmy. Yeah, and the other one is Anna. Is three, and for sure, that's the best things I've done.
0: What's the greatest advice someone has given you? Uh, there is no problem, only solutions. Yeah. All right, that's nice. Um, s- ski or snowboard?
1: More and more snowboard. Yeah. Uh, I dig in ski. I had a good level, really good level in ski and now I can't ski as I did before. So, I'm bored a bit now on my skis. But I'm improving snowboard. It's yeah. why now maybe I prefer snowboard. And but, also the feeling of... The, yeah, tell me about the yeah, feeling. The, the feeling in off-piste with snowboard is like, it's a weapon. To to be honest, that's the best things to do when you've got powders. Because you've got the sensation of uh, flying over the snow. And it's... Yeah. Quite, you, you. It's just a feeling. You have you have to feel it one day to know what is.
0: All right, I'll, I will try the snowboard one day. <laughs> uh What's your favorite meal?
1: Oh, I, I'm not. Uh, I, I don't have a lot of innovation like that. My my best meal is just two eggs, two yep. fried eggs.
0: <laughs> what's um, What's a good tip or, or advice for a beginner skier or snowboarder? Close your eyes and go straight no <laughs> <laughs> just to go no no thinking no tell me yeah don't, don't stress too
1: much don't don't think what i do when i'm i'm ski instructor and i'm with people who are stressful i've got two options i can speak with them a lot i speak i speak and i want that they answer like they think about something else to ski and they just relax
0: a bit yeah you're good but you Told me some good jokes when we were doing them my first lesson. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> all the the other things is like singing. Yeah. If you sing, you you think about something else. Do you know I was uh, telling you about the um, speed to go on this road gap in the Galilee. Yeah. I was so scary to do it that I was starting to singing and I developed this strategy <laughs> now. But the first time I did that, that was in the speed to go on this massive
0: jump. All right, now another question I have just thought of it now. Have have you ever been scared in the mountains? Have you ever been scared? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course,
1: yesterday again. So yesterday I was at Baron, which is a big, big, big mountain here around. And uh, we were climbing up in T-shirt because it was really warm, even if we are mid of April. But at the top, it was so cold and I didn't take my big gloves. And (laughs) I was thinking that I'm going to lose my fingers. (laughs) So I put my fingers in my underwear <laughs> to, to get it, to warm it. Yeah. But I'm always scared in mountain. I'm not, um, one of my friends died when he was 20 in mountain. And it's like a vaccination for me. Now I'm very uh, prudent.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're just always attentive and just looking for the signs and yeah. just being careful. I think that's great advice. Yeah. And uh, uh, bringing it back to living in the mountains... What's good about living here in the mountains? The good things is like you can breathe fresh air. Yeah. And it's free. It is. For the moment. Yeah.
1: But I've got business maybe to do. <laughs> just to put the hair in the bottle and just send it uh, in Singapore or Tokyo or whatever. Yeah, I've seen some people make some good money with this. Ash, we're going to do an enterprise now. Yeah. We, we can do a factory of that.
0: All right, let's do it. <laughs> so... Uh, Breathing and free freedom here. Talk, talk, talk me more about the freedom here and having your kids grow up in the mountains.
1: Yeah, the the, the there is a quality of life here which is exceptional. Um, my daughter is going to school walking. Yeah, uh, I was doing that before her. There is like maybe three hundred people here in Villa Maybe four hundred. That so that's quiet. You can um, meet the others. You can also uh, learn from the others. And it's like a little village, so everyone knows the history of everyone, but if there is a problem, all the village are together to help the guys, yeah, true, and that that's that's really nice, and also the landscapes you we cannot uh, we we can the the best things here is the landscapes for sure, even if after a few years when you open your window the morning, you don't see this landscape because you're accustomed to it, yeah, you used to it, yeah, but if you just move from one week, two weeks, one month, and you go back here, you say, "Oh,
0: I'm so lucky to live here." Yeah, I I live. I've been well. I've been here four years now, and I'm still not tired of the views. Of opening my window and seeing the the ski resorts. I still go wow when I go for a bike ride and I pinch myself and I look at the mountains. I'm never going to go try, tired of it. Tired of it, I hope. What's what's one of the bad things of living
1: here? The bad things is like all the doctors are really far. Yeah. Um, if you want to go to the dentist, you have to take your car and drive one hour, one hour and a half. Same for the um, maternity. I don't know what... Yeah, maternity. The maternity came, yeah.
0: When, you, when your wife was pregnant, she yeah. was
1: delivering the baby. Yeah. yeah. The thing is like, the hospital is one hour from here. And that was my first baby in 2012 and I was really stressful. I take my car and I did just half an hour to go to Saint-Jean-de-Maurienne. Yeah. So it, I was really fast. But the thing is like, when we came to the hospital, we have to wait
0: 44 hours. <laughs> <laughs> it's all that rush, but you had to wait. Um, give me one word to describe the mountains. White. White? Yeah, well, they are now. Um, what do the mountains teach you about life? The patience, the prudence, and maybe
1: the resistance. Ex- Explain. Talk to me a bit more about that. What does that mean? It's been that when you climb a mountain, sometimes you're low, sometimes you've got the good legs, sometimes not. But uh, if you want to go to the top, it's always in your mind. Yeah. So maybe that's
0: kind of way of flying for, for your life. I think it is. I mean, if you want to achieve something and you've got a vision for it, you've got to work hard for it. If you want to get to the top of a mountain, no one's going to take you there. True. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Um, where can people find you, Max? Because I know you're not on social media. You hate Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> but where can people find you at, at Escape Games? So, where are you located? Tell me the different locations.
1: Okay, so if you want, to, if you come in France and you want
0: to do the Escape
1: Games, the website is escapegameunited.com. and we are on Facebook, Instagram, and whatever. Yeah, and uh, Escape Game United.
0: And people can come and sail at you in Lausanne, can't they? Yeah, for sure, of course. Yeah. All right, thanks for coming on the show, Max. That's been a great pleasure. You're welcome, Ash.
1: That was better than last time.
0: It was much better. (laughs) Cool. Because you listened to me, you visualized, and you listened to my my voice.
1: That's not true. It's because I drink white wine before (laughs) speaking with you.
0: (laughs) All right, thanks a lot, mate. You're welcome. So that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to hear more stories from beyond the mountains, please subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find me on Apple iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Please leave a comment and review. It helps with people to find the show. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Beyond the Mountains Podcast. So please like and follow the show. And remember, the mountains are more than just rock and ice, but the mountains are made up of the people who live, work, and play in them.